we were just to recap. He go. He was having some travel issues. You said on Friday. Oh, oh wait. Why does it say Frank is recording the call? Oh hey, the recording <laughs> just started. Uh, what do you think? You guys want to do this now? <laughs> what What are the odds that we're gonna get through this whole thing without it dropping again? I guess. I'll tell you what. Let's try and do ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna leave all this in because uh, I don't want to edit. Uh, and if and if we get through ten minutes, we'll just power through. And if not, we'll 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 continue it's a it's a it's a what is it a 10 point win over the dolphins or a 17 point win over the dolphins yeah How sure much you talk about right uh, welcome everyone to an episode hopefully of maybe next year a podcast that we're unsure if is is actually recording there's been some very serious skype issues uh for all of us uh and i hit record like a thousand times and it seems to be recording now so we're hopeful that this will get to you my name is frank i'm scott i'm paul Talking about, uh, you may have heard the beginning of Scott's uh, travel issues and some other stuff, and thankfully we didn't uh, we didn't um, divulge any secrets. But here's something that's not a secret: the Buffalo Bills uh, crushed the Miami Dolphins 37 to 20 on Sunday, uh, sending the Dolphins to two and eight, uh, snapping their two-game win streak. Buffalo gets back on the winning side of the ledger, getting to seven and three. They're second in the AFC. Um, I don't think I'm spoiling anything when I say that clearly the best offensive uh, performance of the year and and probably easily the most complete game of the year as well. No matter how you dice it, obviously, um, you know, Paul will will find something to. <laughs> Look, I, I was giving Paul grief on Twitter because I was like, we're up like uh, like 17 points and you're complaining about something. But uh, there were there were it certainly was far from a perfect game. Um, I have no thoughts. Or I have no idea what, what Scott thought of the game or if he had managed to watch it. Um, so let's go to Scott first and, and see yeah. if, if, if he needs to. to yes, no, I'll, I'll do I'll do my uh, I'll do my analysis based on the 10 minutes of highlights that I watched because um, it was not. Uh, it was difficult for me to, to catch up with the game on Sunday. Um, but I will say based off of everything, everything that I saw and everything that Frank mentioned in the stats, it looked like this was the game that Frank had been asking for, for a long time. He finally gave up asking for it last week and they delivered, um, you know, uh, again, yeah, complete win. Um, Allen, you know, probably maybe his best game as a bill. Uh, I think that's probably fair to say Singletary who I've been, you know, screaming to give the ball more to, Obviously, fumbled twice, which is not great. Um, so he'll have to work on that. Um, hopefully, that's just a one-time thing. Another great game from John Brown. Um, pretty much, again, probably his best game as a Bill as well, too. It was, in fact, his best game maybe of his career, actually, not yeah. just as a Bill. There you go. Um, and then nice game from the defense. Obviously not, um, you know, uh, a little concerning that Miami was able to, you know, essentially <laughs> – not walk up and down the field, but certainly had 300 yards of, of total offense, which is not not nothing. Obviously, not enough to really win a game, mm-hmm. but certainly certainly uh, a little concerning. And um, you know, Ed Oliver gets on the stat sheet with with a sack finally. But literally, any other defensive tackle in the league could have gotten that sack, given that literally no one blocked him uh, on a double A gap blitz. Um, so that is less than. Um, less than ideal but everyone else on the defense got into it as well and yeah that was uh i was a it was a good game I'll, I'll i'll keep my critiques to a minimum because we still won by 17 so let's call it let's call it a win and move on 
Yeah, I think. Uh, and by the way, you now sound great, Scott. So the, the, that okay. announced the end, really. The the sound sound picked up great. Um, anyway, yeah, I have really just picking up where Scott left off. I have written written down verbatim said offense left some plays on field, but I'm not going to criticize it at all in my analysis because they did what I've been begging them to do for weeks and score a bunch of points, you know, without being aided substantially by turnovers. They only got one and it was, you know, at around their own 30 yard line or so, or getting, you know, special teams, giving them great field position. Uh, Those weren't the reasons they just put together seven lengthy scoring drives. They finished four of them with touchdowns. You can't really ask any more. And I would give the same assessment on, on Josh Allen, his best game, I would say, as a pro, numbers aren't phenomenal, not going to blow you away, but made plays when he needed to, got the ball in the end zone four times, three with his arm and once with his legs, and, and also his arm, because he did have to stretch for the goal line there. And, you know, all in all, Scott had talked about Singletary uh, in his performance. He's got to learn to hang on to the pig. But, you know, it still had a good, good yards per carry. They still mustered some offense on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not as concerned about the the points. The the reason Fitz got 300 yards passing. It, it's funny. Yeah, Fitz gets over 300 yards passing. As, as Scott noted, the Dolphins had 300 yards in total offense. What does that tell you about the run defense? It was phenomenal today. I think Miami's top carry, top runner had nine yards rushing. So that's that's a sign that you you've done well. Uh, they were exceptional on that side of the ball. I think most of the game, Dolphins made one big play on offense on a 50-yard pass, and otherwise, by the time they scored late in the game, it was pretty well set. Not wanting to call this a negative, but noticing the trend that taking the majority of snaps across from Tre'Davious White this week was Kevin Johnson. That is something to keep an eye on. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw the struggles of Levi Walls early in the game. Uh, John Brown, you know, apparently sick of the, uh, you know, I'm on pace to be the first Bills 1,200-yard receiver since Lee Evans 13 years ago talk and is now up the ante to the, I want to be the first Bill on pace for a 1,300-yard season since Eric Molds 19 years ago, um, since he's now on pace for that with his great performance. And the only other thing I want to, you know, briefly mention, tough to not mention the uh, special teams. Uh, they, they had Heath Firewell is going to come under some criticism as Danny Crossman just destroyed him both with the onside kick. And then with whatever schemes he, he had on during the uh, kick return for a touchdown by Miami. So they need to clean that up. Then again, sir and Neil went out with a concussion in the first quarter and that's when things seemed to go to hell. So that could have been it as well. Uh, bills now have more wins in 2019 than 2018. And, uh, the very last thing I want to note, I am a uh, 10 and 0. 10 and 0 this year picking games. And that's, I never, I never picked 10 games correctly in a season. So just leaving on that bragging point. The, the Kingmaker, Paul, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, I, I mean, the closest this game ever was uh, later in the game, obviously, like at 3 nothing and 6 nothing and 0 at nothing, it was closer. But, you know, 30 to 20 in the fourth quarter. Um, but even then, that wasn't, it never felt close, close. Um, you know, or actually, no, 16 to seven would have been a nine point lead in the in the in the second quarter. The Bills didn't have their third quarter malaise, which I know Paul was very mm-hmm. worried about. They scored a touchdown, didn't give up any points. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that really you look at a busted kick return, um, which is which was obviously that those points count. But 
those aren't points I charge to the defense. You know, like that's the difference between 3720 and really 3713 or 3716, let's say, and 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 having like a, a three score victory. Um, and you know, now you're probably expecting me to say something like, "Well, I'm so glad the offense finally had their coming out party because I've been predicting it all year and praising Josh Allen." And I think they obviously played a very good game. But for me, ten games into the season, it's I'm I have to be blunt and say that this is more likely an outlier than it is the new normal. Or you know, now look. Who's I'm, the one bringing the negative to the pod now? Well, I, well, I, I didn't wow. want to get, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to get, look, this was an Where ass kicking game. They finally put together a great ass kicking game and they beat a bad team the way that they should beat them. And all of that's really good. I just want to be on record here saying like if any of the previous weeks when I was saying that they should go ahead and have this, you know, put together the offensive game, if they had done it then, then there is more time and more room to say, oh, okay, this might be the new normal. This is kind of what the offense is. You know, I'm going to need to see it a few more times now, um, you know, in succession to really start believing that there might be something different than the first nine games and that this just wasn't um, right, right place at right time. Um, that said, you know, we could use as much right place and right time as 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 we can these days. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Bills are seven and three. Uh, I liked more or less everything I saw. Um, I, I felt I saw from the snap counts that they were going with a lot the younger group of people, so that was good. You know, we talk about Ed Oliver getting his first sack. You know, Starla Tuile got his first sack in about three years. So, you know, I mean, like... I think you're right. Uh, yeah. got years. In fact, if you were a defensive tackle with the Buffalo Bills who suited up last weekend, you got a sack. Pretty much. <laughs> it was, no, uh, Legit got a sack. Oliver got a sack. Jordan Phillips got a sack. And Little Daly got sacks. And those were the four defensive tackles they dressed. Murphy well, and Lawson and Hughes all got ones too, didn't they? Yep, they did. Seven sacks. Um... Of note, Josh Allen continues not um, turning the ball over, which was pretty great. And didn't didn't fumble either. It was I will fumble. say it's a fumble and hasn't thrown a pick in really since the New England game. I think yeah. was the last time he threw an interception. So I, I will mean, say he still carries the ball like a loaf of bread. Like he's like he doesn't really care that he's carrying the ball. Right. And he learned from the Sean, unfortunately. That's true. And also the. Um, the last touchdown to John Brown. Yeah, that that was probably one where I would have thought. I mean, obviously he got it there, and the you know he threw it hard enough that that maybe reduced some of the chance that that was going to get picked off. But he was exactly he was throwing back against his body while running in the opposite direction towards the middle of the field. Woo! He was literally <laughs> he was he was literally he was literally all of the things that you're not supposed to. And it, again, it'll work sometimes. And it'll work more often against the Dolphins than it will against the Patriots or the Broncos, for that matter. But, you know, that's, you know, the proof is in the pudding. But, hey, still would have put up 30 points regardless. So you'll take the one interception with, you know, two touch, you know, two touchdowns passing and another rushing. Right. So. 
Uh, and he and and you know he didn't actually throw it. And it was actually that drive was great because I know Paul was watching. Uh, mm-hmm. Adam Archuleta is there with 10 and 12 minutes left or 14 minutes left going, well, I'm really surprised that they're continuing the up-tempo offense because at this point, don't you want, you know, he was basically advocating to slow the game down, take more time off the clock. And it was kind of great that you and I on Twitter, as well as Lars <laughs> and Beers, were pretty much like, do not slow down. Up-tempo has been working for you. Why would you settle for being up 10 when you could be up 17? And there you go. They were, yeah, you know, he's acted like the bills were up by 17 points with three minutes left and you're running tempo. Like, no, you're, you have a, a small yeah, it was like, score lead and your offense seems to be succeeding when you run tempo. What? The, uh, Archuleta can be so observant and also, also so terrible in the yeah, same game. He was kind of driving me, me nuts. And I'm, and it was funny because by the end of the drive, he had sort of like talked himself into like, well, how great was that drive? And like, yeah. <laughs> You know, okay, whatever. Um, but you know, I think easily Josh Allen's most complete game uh, as a Bills quarterback. Um, and 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 the last thing to to Scott's point, you're right. It was like certainly the way he threw it was not great, but that's the kind of contested throw that I want him to be trying. When I said at the beginning of the year that I was ready to live with more interceptions if it meant more touchdowns, I meant on that kind of throw, right? Like on the well, we're gonna try and get the fucking score here. And, and punch it in that to me is you know like that sort of throw as opposed to um the interceptions where he's like trying to make something out of absolutely nothing and then really the last couple of games where he's like throwing the safe you know almost trent edwardsy kind of football that isn't gonna you know is either going to be incomplete or a miraculous catch um by somebody so um i was very happy to have watched this game in part at a local sports bar um, and in part on my phone. So good for good for that. Uh, we should get to three stars. We, we tried mm-hmm. to do three stars without you last year, last week. Um, I we forget thought, there was a con there was a controversy, if I recall. Yeah, well, we didn't yes. know who to put first. And I had pointed out that despite the loss that Josh Allen had had a really good game, and I I don't have his stats in front I, of me. I think I think I remember I did listen to the podcast in in, in my absence, and I think I would have given Josh Allen the third star. Okay, I think the stats mm-hmm. were there, and I don't think the punter. Again, we know my rules on punters. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's right, like Frank widely overruled me on that. So we, was... we also felt like it might be the only time where we could get, uh, you know, get one in. You know, like take advantage. You know, <laughs> cats could play, the mice could play while the cat was away, sort of thing. Yeah, no, um, I know. Honestly. Okay, um, All right, well, but now that yes. you're here, we can have the official, um, the official know, three stars as presented by Scott. Josh Allen last week, twenty-two of forty-one for two hundred and sixty-six yards, um, two rushing touchdowns, um, and it and it was a close enough game to where. The Bills deserve to have someone in three stars. Yeah, right. it wasn't like a blowout. It was a bad loss, but it wasn't. Yeah, right. Okay. They were, they were blown off the field. Okay. When you have 16 points and you ran for two touchdowns, I feel like you got to get in the list somewhere. Right, and you managed to not get in in hitting your head with your own helmet, which is a challenge against the Browns. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, so uh, for this week's game, in terms of three stars. I'm going to give an honorable mention to uh, who was I going to give it to uh, Dawson Knox, just because I enjoy watching him play. 
and he had two catches for 32 yards and touchdown. And he, and he defeated that one guy who attempted to tackle him on the, in the red zone and would not be denied a touchdown. And I enjoy that kind of play. I, I like throwing it to big guys and then having the defenders fall off of them as if they were, you know, a, a large man playing with boys kind of. So I enjoyed that. So <laughs> not a great, not a great statistic day, but one kind of bitch and highlight. So that's, I, I like, if that's what Dawson Knox gives us, I'm fine with that um, for a third round pick. Uh, third star, I'm going to give to Tremaine Edmonds, 12 tackles, half sack, mm-hmm. uh, pass deflection, and two other QB hits, um, and, and, uh, and a motivating speech. Yeah, I was going to mention that. That was a bit, they, every, uh, several Bills and Bills coaches mentioned that in the post game. And that's good to see from a from the other first round pick um, from that year that we drafted Josh Allen, and um, a guy who I think I don't want to say the verdict's totally out on. I think he's good. I don't think he's quite at like an All Pro Pro Bowl level yet. He's he and Milano seem a little bit cut from the same cloth in that they're fast and can be good and cover to. Uh, sideline to sideline kind of covering situations, but not as good in terms of being stout and like getting off of the blocks and defeating things. And that the run defense has kind of not been a hundred percent up to snuff, but I think obviously the run defense was there this week. Um, and obviously Edmonds, some of that is the fact that Miami was trotting out um, Keith Ballage and P Laird and Jay Grant. I don't know who these people are. Right, Grant looked good. He, didn't he? Jakeem Grant, I think he's the one who ran mm-hmm. back the touchdown, mm-hmm. and then Wildcatted the touchdown. And and Miles Gaskin, who I know from from right. Washington, is a great uh, all packs all player. But um, right. anyway, I agree with uh, the verdicts out on Edmonds on whether he's going to be Tequila Spikes good or Ni- Nigel Bradham good. We we're hoping obviously for the former, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So anyway, uh, a good game on Sunday, nonetheless. And obviously glad that he gave the speech and hopefully that is, that is something that he will, that's part of his leadership that goes forward. Um, your second star goes to John Brown, nine catches, 132 yards, I think, and two touchdowns, something along those lines. Again, uh, as Frank said, it's probably his, or someone said, was it Frank or Paul? Best game as, as of his career. Uh, I think it was probably his best. Yeah, it was me. I yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And uh, that's Frank's right. That, that was probably his best game of the year and or of his of his career and yeah again it's we say it every week it was a it was kind of a a a little bit of a flyer he had some track record of some good play but didn't appear to necessarily have uh a hammerlock on like kind of the the number one ride receiver role or that he was a number one type of guy i think you know, if you, if I was listening to Paul last week about the Antonio Brown, you know, Frank mentioned him again, and then it's not clear if, if John Brown is a pure number one kind of thing. I don't know. I think he probably is kind of a number yeah. one. Eighth, eighth in the NFL in receiving yards right now. I think he's yeah. top 10 in receptions as well. He's, he's establishing himself a bit. I, I, I feel like, you know, the way Antonio Brown was a number one, like Antonio Brown is not a guy you just throw it up to and, or is unbeatable in all situations. He's just, faster than most guys and he runs better routes than most guys. And that's sufficient in many situations. So, um, but anyways, it was, it was another nice game from him. And, and again, totally worth what we're paying him and a, a good, a good signing by being to get him in at a, at a reasonable value here for the next couple of years. Um, and then uh, first star 
goes to the big guy, Josh Allen, with, uh, you know, as someone pointed out, a 300 total yards from scrimmage game with uh, at least one nice big run. And then getting out his here, if he'll forgive me, we had the 21 to 33 for 256, three passing touchdowns, plus the seven carries for 56 yards and another rushing touchdown. Probably best game, Isabel. And not too many complaints. I mentioned the the one pass that I wasn't particularly a fan of, but hey, it's one pass out of 40, which again is more of a play calling issue. And we'll talk about <laughs> that the day that we lose because we threw 40 passes and don't run mm-hmm. the ball more. But hey, Singletary fumbled and he had to do something and it was working. So, you know, you know there's something to that. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, what, what can you say? Josh Allen, it's, it was a nice game. Did what he needed to do against an inferior opponent. So let's 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 be in favor of that. Let's 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 do it. Yay! I, I think the yeah. nice thing about Allen's game, and and let's see if we can make this a talking point uh, on Sunday, was that it was the kind of game that I think we've been wanting to to have, both from a play calling and an execution standpoint. You know, sometimes the play calling was there and the execution wasn't. Sometimes the execution's been there and you're wondering why they're not offering why he stopped running himself at the football. Mm-hmm. I feel like he did a good job of both of those things this week where it wasn't just, you're right. It wasn't 41 pass plays. Um, he, that, I think I even said that last week when you were gone, like if you complete one or two of these longer passes, maybe you don't get to 40 passes cause you don't have to, you know, you're getting, he throws for 266 yards, not cause you know, getting to 300 yards would have been nice cause it would have, ended the conversation about the last 300-yard passer for the Bills, but he didn't need to get there because he scored three touchdowns um, in the 266 yards uh, that he threw. So I feel like that was um, there was a balance that was appropriate, not just with Singletary, but with Allen's pass-to-run to ratio, which makes him, um, you know, I've been looking at, uh, Lamar Jackson. And certainly you look at Lamar Jackson and it's a very good question. He's probably better. Like, I don't want to, he's certainly better at this point than Josh Allen is. Yeah. He's having a better season. And, and, and some of that might be the Ravens and some of that might be Lamar Jackson, certainly watching Lamar Jackson run. He can do some things that even Josh Allen can't do. And I think Josh Allen's very good at running, but you know, Lamar Jackson isn't being asked to pass as much right now. And so it could be a function of how the Ravens are, are using him. And so I don't really think I need to finish the book on him yet in comparison to Allen, um, which I don't know if you saw the tweet from Adam Schefter comparing uh, Lamar Jackson to Tyrod Taylor's best year, uh, which Schefter yeah. used to, Schefter used to basically say that like, well, maybe Tyrod will get another chance. And, and both Lars and I piled on to Adam Schefter basically saying like, you know, like did Tyrod's agent give you that to tweet or what? <laughs> um, but it, do you, does any, you just gave him the, the first star, Scott, do you want to add anything to Josh Allen's game or Paul? No, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have that much more to say. Not, not having seen that much more, mm-hmm. more out of him. I think that the chest, the test will be against better defenses. And we will obviously see that in the next six weeks here, because Miami is again, a, a, a giant flaming hole in the ground. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's no one good on that team and there's, they're all bad. 
Like Devontae right. Parker is probably the best player on that team right now. And he still went off for 130 yards or whatever. So it's not like this is, I, you know, I, I'm all happy for the win. That's all well and good. It's just one win against a bad team that pretty much 90% of the teams, in the NFL would have beaten as well. So let's, let's not snart starts sucking each other's popsicles yet as uh, the Winston Wolf in a slightly G rated setting might say. Because Winston Wolf is all about G-rated. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this is, uh, I'm, I'm with Scott. I think we've learned all we can learn from this game. And now next week is a great test for the Bills offense with Denver. And we're in for, we will, lo- we will learn more about this team these next six games than we have in these first 10. And I'm, I'm excited, eager, and also a bit nervous to find out what happens. Yeah, the, the season almost certainly starts, if not Sunday, then on Thursday yep. in Dallas. Um I'd like to dispense with it quickly because we don't know very much about it. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they don't practice on Tuesdays, and you don't get a quick uh, up. You don't get a lot on Monday. But Ty Nischke is has an ankle uh, problem. Uh, he was carted off the field, if I remember right. Yep, aircast and, and everything. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and so obviously doesn't bode well for him. Um, and Saran Neal uh, with the concussion, he was still in the protocol on Monday. That could mean anything from he's going to play Sunday to anything. It's just sort of a. Um, you know, right. He could be it, Josh Allen or Derek Anderson. You could exactly. see him Sunday, if, or he might never play in the league again. But if you're, if, he was posting on Twitter all cheery, so I don't think it's a career-ending concussion type. Right. Thing. If you're a coach, why would you ever divulge anything until they made you to, I guess? Um, yeah. So, uh, Paul, any further thoughts on the injuries? I, I, I think, obviously, the Nishki. I feel like the Nishki one's probably a little more Yeah, and I think that's because think it, can... Yeah, go ahead. I can say this can segue immediately into listener questions, I think, too, because one of the questions we we got from Mr. In, Mr. Inconsistent Josh Allen, otherwise known uh, by his handle Eagle OC, said concerns if Enseki is done for an extended period of time. And I, I'd say, yeah, we've all been, I think, justifiably critical of Cody Ford. I think many others have been justifiably critical of Cody Ford and his performance so far at right tackle. Yeah. But let's face it, he needs... In, in one sense, I, I'm kind of excited to see that even I hope Ty Inseki is, is fine. I hope it lo- was a lot worse than it looked. It was all precautionary and he's back. A with lot the less like, work than, worse yeah. than it looked. You said that backwards. Oh, I'm sorry. A lot. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's a lot less, I hope he's I hope he actually <laughs> broke his skull somehow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope, I hope his pancreas fell out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hope he's having the appendicitis uh, appendix and adenoids taken out right now. Right. Uh, yeah. So I, I hope Ty is good, but I, I also want to see Cody Ford get the shot. I would rather know with the end of this season, you know, for sure, for certitude, whether he is a future right tackle for this team, a future right or left guard of this team or a future depth interior lineman. Uh, God forbid that being the least desirable result aside from, you know, not being on the team anymore. So, but yeah, I do have concerns because they've been much better, not just in terms of protection, but as an offense as a whole with, with Cody Ford at right tackle than, or with Ty and Secchi right tackle than Cody Ford. Don't know if you guys have that, share those concerns. I have a huge amount of concerns about, about Cody Ford being like the right tackle on a regular basis. I mean, I think that's, yeah. I think I think um, this line has done a better job um, recently. Again, some of that might be the competition, 
some of it might by the just the, maybe they're gelling a little bit. Maybe it's the play calling that's been a little bit better. We also didn't talk about Brian Dable being up in up in the booth and not on the field and having maybe a mustache. The other big difference. <laughs> that's another absolutely. Um, maybe Ty and Seki could grow a mustache and maybe he could get out there Sunday. Who's to say? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, those two things. Um, uh, let's let's focus on the Inseki injury. Um, I think that is to me, I'm very concerned because it, when you take a line that's kind of borderline already and then take the guy who's arguably played the best out of, I mean, Dawkins has played well this year. Morse has played well, but Inseki has been kind of the other guy that's, that's kind of held down the fort. And now you lose him and it looks, starts looking a lot like the line from last year, except the only difference is basically Mitch Morse. Um, and obviously, you know, hopefully he's been, um, he's been pretty healthy this year since the concussion. He had a knee at some point. I feel like Morris did, um, but regardless, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm concerned if that's a long term injury because I just don't know. Um, Allen Allen doesn't always make the best decisions under pressure. Let's just put it that way. Hmm. What was the other question? Didn't we have somebody? Yes, who... we did. Uh, yeah. There's... Jesmond asked, uh, when we lose five of those six games and the basking in glory is forgotten, will we be bathing in despair or drowning in misery? I'm going with the former. I think it's too, I, it'd be too tough to be miserable about this team, but I would definitely be experiencing despair if they can't at least beat the Broncos or the Jets, preferably both, and maybe win one of those other games. Yeah, I think. Well, this is good. I want to talk about. I, I have the playoff machine up. Yeah. Ooh. So, ooh, you have access. I've got a New York Times subscription. I don't even have access to the machine. Oh well, I just signed up for the free account. Oh, okay. You just, I, I told them, sure, read all my Google. That's my, search. that's not my problem. We're paying money to New York Times. That's, you, that's, you yeah. fucking fool. No, sorry. <laughs> um, How dare you support the print and right. press? <laughs> so. Obviously, Broncos at Cowboys, Ravens at home, Steelers, Patriots on the road, Jets at home. If they go nine and seven right now, um, and I'm saying they beat the Bills and Jets, right? The Broncos and Jets. uh, I'm sorry. Yes. The Bills Bills at some point in the stretch will beat the Bills, right? Wouldn't be the first time. Exactly. Um, The Bills beat the Broncos and the Jets, and they go 9-7 and seven that way. Not kidding. I've run it three times. It basically is 50% exactly that they would make. There's a 99% end-of-season outcomes. Uh, okay, actually, that don't read the part. 50% chance to make the playoffs. The, so the worst thing they could do, obviously, is to go, uh, you know, 0-6, and, and then the next worst thing they could do is, you know, just beat the Cowboys would be the least helpful thing they could do. Um, but really any one win eight and eight thing gets them to less than 1%. So the two wins get them to 50%, 50% as they stand today, it's actually closer to 64%. So that means that the times are saying that there's a better, that, that it's more likely than not, they're going to pick up one of these other four wins. Um, you know, I think a lot of people want to look at Steelers on the road 
as the most likely. That's because the Steelers started down. They picked up some steam. They still lose to a team like the Browns. And, you know, your other three teams are the Patriots and the Ravens and the Cowboys. Um, I'd like to put it to you, um, you two. Uh, The first question is, you know what? Actually, the only question I want to ask, I just redid nine and seven, and for some reason now it's forty eight percent. Mine is exactly fifty percent right now. It's now mine is forty eight percent, though. So there you go. Um, it's, it, it, but it's basically a coin flip. Nine and seven is not where you want to be. You want to get that tenth win. We will look back at probably the Browns game and say if they go nine and seven and miss, you're going to look back probably at the Browns game and say that was the game you needed to have to make it. Um, but. Here we you know, are. It's hilarious. Too. Sorry to interrupt, but I like if no, you go just ahead. change it to winning the third home game. So they beat the Broncos, the Jets, and they beat the Ravens. Playoff odds, 96 percent, according to the New York Times playoff generator. Yeah. That it, one game makes a world of difference. And it's funny because I've been going if you beat the Steelers, it goes to 99 percent because they're much more likely to be a wild card competitive team. Mm-hmm. So in a weird way, the game you want to win, the Steelers, if you beat the Patriots, it's 94 percent. So in a weird way, you want to win the three worst games. You want to beat the Broncos and Jets and Steelers because those are the teams you're most likely competing for a playoff spot with. Really, it's just the Steelers, but um, or Steelers and kind of Broncos. Um, but. Let me ask you, of the four of the four non-games, right? Now it would be just like the Bills to lose to the Broncos, but then beat the Cowboys somehow this week. But that would be the like yes. the absolute yes. let's see what happens if Bills we do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you go nine and seven with a Cowboys and Jets win, now you're at thirty two percent because the Broncos are an AFC team. Anyway, um let's say they beat the Broncos and they beat the Jets. Which of the other four, Scott, are you most optimistic about are you going to say the steel you're going to say cowboys okay i think i think i mean the steelers are 90 percent. by the way nine out of ten times you're going to make it with that 10 and six i mean i don't i i I won't rule out the steelers obviously i think they're both kind of in that same percentage area i think the cowboys is a bit of as is uh is a maybe i'm being too clever by half but i looking at i i just briefly saw one like it's not even a statistic. It's just a thing that they showed on one of the Cowboys games uh, that I was watching at some point. And the Cowboys, I think, are seven and three. Is that correct? Yeah. They are four and zero against their trash division. <laughs> like, right. Like, admittedly, the Eagles are probably halfway decent, but I don't think they played the Eagles twice. Like, they probably only played them once mm-hmm. if they played them at all. And I think they, they did. They once. beat the Eagles before the Eagles yeah. started to figure out how to play football. Yeah, exactly. And they were injured a lot earlier in the yeah. season. So, yeah. So I, I think that the and and I think the I think so my one of the um, friends at the office is a Cowboys fan. And I don't think they've beaten anybody with a winning record this year. The Cowboys. So, yeah, we're playing at their stadium and it's going to be on Thanksgiving. But weird stuff happens on those Thanksgiving games anyways. So I could totally see us like just randomly pulling out some random win there. I don't, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent likely, but I feel like the Steelers have actually kind of put together a team that sort of like the defense has come along. They've got a lot of good pass rushers. Minka they Fitzpatrick's, got Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. yeah exactly. By the way, six and four, six and four, excuse me. Yeah. So, yeah, Sorry, so no, you're, just as a, 
Yeah. Yeah. So four and zero. Yeah, four and zero against their trash division, and then two and four in all the rest of their games. No wins over winning teams. I think that Cowboys game is is not. I I would say that's just as likely, if not more so, than the Steelers game, which I would say is the other one. But I, okay. what does Paul think? Yeah, I would I would have the exact inverse. I will say the Steelers, um, but I and the Cowboys would be my number two. I think the I. I'm nervous about the Steelers partially because I'm a historian type and I know they haven't beaten the Steelers since the nineties. And I know they haven't even really played the Steelers tough since the nineties, save that Oh four game. We don't talk about because of the playoffs and whatnot. Um, but watching them play on Sunday night and just seeing, or excuse me, Thursday night uh, last week and just seeing how much that offense really struggles when facing a quality defense, and the Bills have a quality defense. I think that could give the Bills an an edge in this this game. They also have a, a second year quarterback, but the Bills' second year quarterback, you know, he's got some more starts under his belt. We've been talking about him making fewer mistakes. He doesn't even have to play. If the Bills' defense can force Mason Rudolph into the type of mistakes we saw Cleveland force him into, like you know. Uh, trying to take off Miles Garrett's helmet. That was obviously a mistake Rudolph won't repeat. Uh, if the Bills can force into the interception-type mistakes and Josh Allen doesn't even have to play mistake-free but just limits his mistakes, I think that gives the I think that's the best chance of those four outliers. Though I also feel compelled to bring up 2015 when we said they had to play the Broncos, the Packers, the Patriots, and then had a gimme game against the Raiders in there to try and make the playoffs and go 10 and six. And they proceeded to beat the Patriots and beat the Packers and lose to the Raiders and finish nine and seven and miss the playoffs. But well, I have got, Look, first of all, you should you, say the Ravens, by the way, you're saying the Patriots. That's no, no, I'm saying. just going to derail this whole conversation because I found something while I was searching for <laughs> answers. <laughs> I wanted to know how good Dallas was on Thanksgiving. They, they are 31, 19 and one. Uh, but that took a lot of looking. And I ultimately found a Wikipedia page for the NFL on Thanksgiving Day. The Bills uh, have not played on Thanksgiving since 1994. They're Against three, four, the Lions. And, yeah. Lost three, the Lions. They're three, four and one overall. Uh, the unrelated AAFC Buffalo Bills are 1-0 and because the records on Wikipedia go all the way back to 1920. Paul, did you know that the all-Tonawanda NFL team <laughs> beat the Rochester Jeff- Jeffersons on November 25th, 1920 by a score of 14-3? to So first of all, did you know that there was an all-Tonawanda team? And second of all, do you know the the mascot name, the 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 team name of all Tonawanda? Uh, I do. Let's put it this way. Since I lived in the you know, I grew up largely in the Tonawandas uh, in the town of Tonawanda specifically. I didn't find out about them until after I moved back to D.C. in 2017 and I was researching something I'm like, holy hell. There was a football team in the time. That's where I knew nothing about the Rochester Jefferson. I'll take a stab in the dark and go. Uh, no, I was gonna. No, I was gonna say Bulldogs, but I think that's. No. I don't think that was a big. I think it's got early on. Were there a well, lot? Let's, of, let's go with the Minutemen. It wasn't the Minutemen. Were there a lot of trees in Tonawanda at any point? Oh, there still are, but they're not really. Not as many as there. Yes, the Lumberjacks. The, the Lumberjacks. Oh. Tonawana Lumberjacks, defunctive as of 1921. 
Uh, the Tonawana Cardex, also known as the Tonawana Lumberman, and during its first season in the all, the first season the all Tonawana Lumberjacks. Um, so they had like uh, the American Cardex, the name of part of a company tracing back to Randlett. Oh, so they were basically named after a company. They played from 1916 to 1921. Um, they went one and two, two three and one, two and one. Seven and one, and then zero and one in 1921 before they basically stopped playing. Yeah, they said 1921. They're like, you know what? We're losing too much. We're just so, stop well, There was like a couple of seasons there where they had three games, and you know, so well, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like when you're when like you go from like two, three, two and three or whatever to one and seven, like now you're like getting your ass kicked for like multiple weeks in a row. Like yeah. that's the difference between a hobby and a profession. Like. A hobby is like, yeah, sure, yeah, two and three, we're all out there having fun. You got to go out there eight weeks and get your butt kicked. You're gonna have to get paid for that, and that's probably where some of this came into play. Like, I think the Patriots might be vulnerable. I think the Patriots have been having struggling football games, and if we look back at the Bills game against them, they lose sixteen to ten. So if I'm gonna pick one of these games, I might be picking the Patriots. That's hard to do. I also like the Ravens. Like, they don't have a great division. The the Browns are. The Browns beat them, but the Steelers but the haven't Ravens played beat the Patriots. Right, so the so the Bills are the Super Bowl winners. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, in the in that type of standings, it that's how it works. No, the, the what what I was going to say was like you know the the Bengals are zero and ten. The Steelers have only and the Browns have only come on as of recently. So the Ravens have beaten you know they certainly beat the Patriots, but they they beat the Texans on Sunday by twenty points. Yeah. The Texans are six and four. All I'm saying is they can have a bad day too. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's that's fair. Based on the the week, so it looks like by the way, week twelve. If I'm reading the tea leaves for the New York Times playoff machine properly, um, you want the Texans to beat the Colts. That's the one that's like I think the closest because one of those teams is going to win the division, and it almost doesn't matter which because you haven't played either. Uh, but right now they're sort of saying let the Texans beat the Colts. I, I'm iffy on that one. You want the Bengals to beat the Steelers for sure. You want the Dolphins to beat the Browns for sure. And you want the Jets to beat the Raiders for sure this week. Um, and then there's a little bit like you'd prefer the Titans to beat the Jaguars. But I think it, Bengals, Dolphins, and Jets are the three games you're rooting for uh, this week. Other than the obvious um, Bills beating the Broncos. And if you want to add one more, apparently... The Texans on Thursday uh, is a good one for you as well. I did run the generator, by the way, if the Bills beat the Broncos, Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, Patriots, and Jets. And you'll be glad to know it's 100%. Not even greater than 99%, actually 100%. There so you just go. go 13 and 3, and we don't even have to worry about these other games. 13 and 3, you're going to have a good chance at the division, too. Yeah. You're going to have a look at the division. You're going to have a. Um, yeah, that would mean the Patriots lose no more games except to Buffalo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see. Let's see. Titan. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, we've done enough play. You know, we'll, we'll get a little bit closer, certainly as the as the as the games get a little bit deeper. But let's do this day in Bill's history. All right. Um, that was good because we were like so under on time. And then I just like we did a little playoff speculation and had a little meander. And now we're at 42 minutes. So yep, um, this so day in Bill's history. Let's ho- I, I hope this is recording. <laughs> it is. It still says rec- I keep checking in the in the, the top of the screen. We're good. All right. November 19th, so we're going to go back to 2018. Why blank knows bills are on the right path? 
He says, Rome wasn't built in a day. When we went through the growth process, we weren't a four-time Super Bowl team right off the bat. It takes a while. There's nothing but good things happening in Buffalo from my perspective. Jim Kelly? Nope, nope. Think, right. uh, think non-player. Marv. Think of the only think of the next person you would think of besides Marv. Building the Bills Super Bowl. Team. Oh, um, um GM of the Colts. <laughs> yep. God, why can't I think of his <laughs> name? Um, Ted Marchabroda. He was the offensive coordinator. John uh, Butler. No, no the guy that Butler. Good one. The really good one. Yep. The really the good GM. Drafted, drafted Manning. Built. He even brought the Panthers uh, uh, to their first Super Bowl. Jesus, I'm I'm googling his name now because I'm mad. Bill Polian. Bill Polian. Oh boy, that was that's a rough start, guys. That was the I, to be fair. I I know exactly who he is, and I always forget his name. He has also pissed me off because he's had a variety of really shitty opinions the last five he years. He <laughs> He is like, yeah, no, he's had some pretty some some terrible opinions. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, don't worry. You're gonna rebound with this one, hundred uh, percent. 2017. Bill's rookie blank adds uncertainty to Chargers defensive game plan. 2017 rookie. Yep. On offense. Yep. Bill's played the Chargers on this very day, actually. Mm. I have no hints. No hints on William. No, that was too late for Carlos Williams. Yeah. Lars is rolling over in his grave at Bills and Beers. He's not even dead, and he's rolling over in his grave at this at this point. Zay Jones. Yeah, he did. All right. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you the. I'll give you the the two things that should stand out about this headline. Rookie, Chargers defensive game plan. Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Oh man. <laughs> All right. You know what? Well, I, I was joking that it was going to be Nathan Peterman, but did he? I guess he was. Cause... Yeah, they named the starter earlier in the week, and so they charges weren't sure if they were going to game plan for him. I think they did okay. I think they, they Wait, did well. but that was. I thought that was. I thought that was the beginning of the next season that he was a. Well, no, it was 2017. Because yeah. oh, because we started him for one game. Yeah, yeah the two and, games and before. Down. The two games okay. before Tyrod would like was absolute. That that's was the thing him, everybody remembers. Like, he was absolute Rock, yeah. trash against the oh, Saints. Oh, New, New Orleans. He's passed for yeah. like sixty yards against New Orleans, right. Taylor. Right. Anyway, okay. Nathan. All right. Peter. All right. I'm 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 out of my bourbon haze now. I All feel right. like I'm. Yeah, everyone's everyone's in the zone. Yeah, this will sure. be more challenging, but the hints should get you there. All okay. right. 2016. Another rookie. How Bills rookie blank. Became a Chicago Blackhawks fan. He has a Chicago Blackhawks jersey in his locker. Blank pulled the red sweater out Friday when asked about the hockey jersey, revealing defenseman Duncan Keith's number two on the back. I'm a big Keith fan, he said. Said, I really didn't pay attention to hockey, he admitted, and I just turned it on one time and I was watching like, dang, that boy on fire. He really fire. <laughs> nice. Um... There's one final hint I can give, but I will get you there. Was the number two a hint? No, this will be the, no, uh, not okay. a hint. Not related to his number or anything. This will get it, at least for Scott, I think. Blank wasn't exposed to much hockey growing up in South Carolina and attending Clemson University. He does not know how to ice skate. That would be 
uh, the running back. No, no, thinking oh. of Spiller. He was a Clemson, but he was before. Was it? Was it? Was it? Um, was it Sammy? No, no. Current. No, he was gone current, by then. Current Bill. Still a current Bill. Current Bill. Clemson. Lorenzo. Jack Lawson. Jack Lawson. All right. Pull, glad we were short before we got into the segment. Jesus. So that, oh, <laughs> I know. Oh, man. 2015. Bill's safety blank wins AFC defensive honor. The third-year pro out of Georgia is the second Bill to win AFC defensive player of the week this season, joining linebacker Preston Brown. Blank is the first Bill's defensive back to bring home the defensive player of the week honor since safety Jarvis Bird in week six. Wait, give me the year again. 2015. And a Washington Post headline noted former Washington and current Bill safety blank had a career game against the Jets. Bakari Rambo. Bakari Rambo. Yes. Once you said Washington Post, I had it. Yeah. I didn't even have to use my one might say I had a habit of freeing defenders from the ball. And that makes him a force of freedom pun. But I used it anyway. All right. <laughs> All right. 2013. This is this is a, an action one. Bill's ban. Oh, excuse me. Bill's band fan caught on video blank charges possible. Was this the guy who fell off the railing on yes! another fan? Oh, yeah. That, no hints needed. Fine from the stands. That said, he was looking around, talking with other spectators when a man slid down a handrail and flipped backward, falling about 30 feet onto another fan. It's really hard to get banned from that stadium with all the nonsense that <laughs> happens there. And he was truly like a malevolent fucking fool. <laughs> Because I, I remember seeing that video, and it was just an absolute nightmare to watch that. Oh, what a moron. I, I, don't, I didn't even look, want to look up his name and give him any credit for it. No, and nor should we. If anything, I want to know how the person he fell on was doing, because that guy was really hurt. That yeah. person was... Anyway, um, continue. All right. All right. 2011. In hindsight, Blank's record with the Miami Dolphins looks pretty good. The record stands forever at 42 and 31 percentage points ahead of his predecessor, Jimmy Johnson. That record is something that even blank staunchest South Florida critics may appreciate more in retrospect, considering the four coaches following him have been a combined 46 and 66. They were focusing on this because at the time he was the uh, Bills linebackers and assistant head coach. And in 2012, he would become their defensive coordinator. Dave Wonstadt? Dave Wonstadt. No, so you guys just need some warm-up questions. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on, Nathan Peterman. Like, that we, That should have <laughs> been an automatic. That should have yeah. been a dunk. But. <laughs> it's all right. We could leave the mistakes in the past, and we're, we're looking to the future. All right. Should, should have been like catching a Nathan Peterman pass on defense. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 2009. Bill signed QB blank from Packers practice squad. Blank. Once considered a likely top draft pick during a standout career at Louisville, fell to the Packers in the second round of the 2008 draft. He was beaten out. Yep, Brian Brom. Mm -hmm. He was beaten out for the number two quarterback spot by seventh round pick Matt Flynn, another former Bill. Uh, the difference is Brom actually did play some games for the Bills. All right. Frank, I think, remembers this one just based on his reaction to this event happening, but we will see. Mm. Lossman and Blank stage come from behind win. It was deja vu all over again for Blank as he gave the Bills a come-from-behind victory in Reliance Stadium. Down 21-17 to with 15 seconds left, Lawson delivered a 15-yard strike in the back of the end zone to Blank on a second-and-ten play that beat a cover-two zone by Houston. Blank deftly dragged both feet before falling through the back of the end zone. 
you, I, I feel bad that you put so much. At, yeah, you were running around screaming at, at the bar to this. I was in my I, own. I remember this. I was, yeah. I'm sure I was drunk. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is the game where Lee Evans had like 200 plus yards and two. All right, so it's not Lee Evans. Not Lee. It was the number two guy to Lee, who was also uh, too big of a hint. Josh, Josh Reed. Reed. No, no, he was a great guess. He was the number three receiver. <laughs> He's number three. This guy was not only he was number two ahead of Josh Reed in 2006, and he was also number two ahead of Josh Reed in 2002. But not in three, four, or five. Fearless Price. Fearless Price. There you go. The Bills to go to the Falcons. It went disastrously. That's right. Up. He came back. I forgot. That. I almost. I was thinking of Price, and I forgot that he came back. Anyway, I was not thinking of him. But okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Two to go. Two thousand and four. Blank gives it the old college try. No longer will the 2003 second-round draft choice be rotating starts with 2002 second-round draft choice Ryan Denny says it was a situation where the coaches saw where I might have been a little more productive in certain areas and thought that I deserved the role, and that's what I strive for. Chris Kelsey? Chris Kelsey. Here he is. Here he is. On fire. En fuego. (laughs) All right, last one. This will be tougher, and I went all the way back to 1991 uh, for this one. Headline is Bill's barrel, Barrel Over Dolphins as Defense Has Its Moments. And I will read some, and then there will be a trivia question in here. Uh, three turnovers produced 17 points, including a fumble return for a touchdown by linebacker Cornelius Bennett as the Bills beat the Dolphins 41-27. to uh, Blitzing Bennett beat tackle Mark Dennis to the outside and knocked the ball from Dan Marino's cocked right hand. Bennett fell in the fumble at the six, stood up and dashed into the end zone. And then it says Marino suffered another costly turnover on the next play when his underthrown pass was intercepted by blank and returned 12 yards to the Miami 24. Seven plays later, Scott Norwood kicked a field goal. Now, the hints, this was the cornerback uh, who was lined up across from Nate Odoms in Tecmo Super Bowl, for those of you who had that game. He had five seasons with the Bills after one with the then Los Angeles, soon to be St. Louis, then again Los Angeles Rams. And then uh, he was scheduled to be a backup defensive back for the Seahawks after he left the Bills after the 92 season. Tore his ACL and and right knee in a non-contact practice drill in August or July of twenty of uh, 1993 and never played again. He, uh, if you like, you know what I referenced. Tech- you're sure it's a he? It's a he, definitely a man. Because you're thinking it's not. You have another guess here, Scott. Not Tegan yeah, I- Knox, the you know, the just, Welsh just- wrestler. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just, just want to make sure. Yeah. Sometimes he drops little hints, so I just want to make sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a male. He, uh, if you, I mentioned Tecmo Super Bowl. That is a Nintendo product, and one of mm-hmm. Nintendo's most popular uh, emerging lines is the line of Mario games. Um, so the Bills didn't have a player named Mario or Luigi or Toad. It was Toad Nintendo. This is someone who might have a haunted castle. Princess Peach? No, wait. Uh, I'm not even sure if this person has a haunted castle, and I need to look that up because I have no children. Um, Which, well, by I mean, the way, the guys the need to listen to Bill's ears this week just to hear Lars's son race on and start seeing the was, um, 
when when are Scott and I going to be on Bills and Beers? I mean, like, just because we don't have like a special. Like, I, I'm sure they let Scott because we don't stars. have any value added. I think that's probably most of it. They're just afraid that we would take over the show, Scott. Obviously, that's probably what it is. And you know why? Because I'm too busy drinking bourbon. It would have to be called Bills <laughs> and Bourbon when I'm done. Take right. that. I have read the description of this uh, character I'm thinking of. It's an action platformer video game series published by Nintendo that centers around the adventures of the young pink alien hero named Blank. Kirby Puckett. Kirby is correct. Kirby, oh, what was that guy's name? Kirby Allen? No, Kirby was Kirby. <sighs> Bills. My favorite Carl Weathers movie is Action. Jackson, Kirby Jackson. Yes, Jackson. And Kirby. by the way. Kirby Jackson. Yes, Kirby Jackson. <laughs> Good job, Scott. Pulled that out of thin air, did ya? This day of Bill's headlines of ever I had a very stiff bourbon, and it really set in around Peterman. I refocused, and then <laughs> right in the middle of that last question, I called an Uber. My brain called an Uber to go up to bed. <laughs> so we started late. There were tech problems, and I apologize to Mr. Kirby Jackson, who is from Sturgis, Mississippi, um, and is currently 54 years old. We did think Four he not died a few years ground. ago because Kirby Jackson in Sturgis, Mississippi died like seven or six or seven years ago, but we determined it was not the same Kirby Jackson in Sturgis, Mississippi. That's something else. Well, he's currently 54 and born on Groundhog's Day. Ah, lucky him. Yeah. All right. Was that it? That was, yeah, it was November 19th. Okay, you don't, don't have any? All right. Kirby Jackson. And happy birthday to my wife. Also an important Bill's oh, yeah. of trivia on, the, on in, November in this day in Bill's history. She has a Bills shirt or two, so exactly. you know, mostly for you know fun. Yeah. Uh, the Bills are three and a half point favorites at home over the Broncos. Yep. That's cool. uh, in a a must win game. A should win game. Let's call it a should win game. Yeah, they right. Pull two I, upsets of the four games they're supposed to. They're going to be underdogs in. It's not like yet, yeah, right? Like they're in. It, it's weird to think that you you are seven and three. And, you and have a must-win game. Yeah. yeah, but in a weird way, it's close. It's if it's not a must-win game, it is a should-win game. If you were, I'm gonna pull up the NFL standings really quickly because I believe if you were seven and three in most of these divisions, seven and three, you'd be half a game behind the Chiefs in the West. You would be a game behind the Ravens in the North, and you'd be leading the AFC South by a game. And so seven and three at this point, like that's an excellent record. That's about as much as you could hope for. Um, and I really hope that we're underselling the Buffalo Bills at this point. I hope that they come out of this t- uh, at least 10 and three, 10 and six. Um, there's a there's a real chance that as the competition gets better, they'll step up and play a bit better. They certainly showed that they can hang with the Patriots who are nine and one. Also, the beneficiaries of of some bad games, you know, yeah. Um and, and so, Bills haven't been blown out at all to their credit. They no. struggled against the Eagles, and that score got a bit more out of hand uh, about halfway through the fourth quarter, but it's not like they were out of it. No, they weren't, and it really was because the Eagles kind of held onto the ball at the end of the game that really sort of, you know, put the game out of reach. But you're absolutely right that, that you know, this defense should keep them in every game. Um, and as was pointed out, that offense will probably, you know, up until this week recently, will also keep the games close. Um, so, you know, 
here they are, the Broncos. The Broncos are not pushovers, I don't think. I think I, I think no, I would put- they, they they really gave Minnesota all they can handle last week. They really could. They're three and seven, but I think that you look at them and you probably see a Browns team. Yep. You probably see a uh, a Jets team, like something that's not going to go away easy. But you should they win. They actually beat the Browns a couple weeks ago. Like exactly. Three weeks ago. This, is, this is a team I see it being like seven ish wins at the end of the year. So okay. I don't think they're done winning. Okay. The Browns, that is, not the Bills. Well, Paul, I mean, Browns. I don't want to start with you because you're you're apparently the Right, because I just will tell you who wins. Um, As Paul Heyman would say, I don't do predictions. I do spoilers. And the (laughs) spoiler is this. My client, the Denver Broncos, and he would just go from there. Um, But in this case, I mean, I I feel like the Bills are feeling their oats. I hope that – I hope that Play Fearless Fearless becomes the the go 1-0 today for the Buffalo Bills at this point. I really hope that they – Did Scott hang up again? No, yeah, right. <laughs> that was that was in the pre-show. That was all in the Patreon pre-show that Scott thoroughly objected to. Some- to be fair, our pre-show is actually part of the show this week, too. It so <laughs> like 10 seconds. Yes. Um, but I hope that the play fearless mantra goes forward, because I think that's how you beat teams like the Broncos, certainly. And and maybe even the Steelers. You look at those two games and certainly the Jets. If you play fearless, you go out and you do these things. You're you have to trust that your defense is going to be able to hold those team down and that the offense is going to be able to do enough. Um, I'm encouraged that Devin Singletary has assumed his role as the first running back. Um, you know, I, I really am thankful for Frank Gore for giving us four or five pretty decent games before he absolutely hit a wall. Um, but here we are, and I'm hopeful that they can just sort of take it forward here against a team that, um, you know, shows well, but doesn't, you know, doesn't win a lot. Um, I, I'm going to take the Bills here um, by, I'm going to take them by eight points. I'm going to say it's going to be a a one score, but barely a one score game. I think I'm going to take the Bills uh, 28 to 20. Uh, I will take I will take the Bills as well. I like that this game is at home. Um, I am a little concerned just because the Broncos defense has has been effective at 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 getting you know putting teams uh, behind the sticks and keeping them off 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 pace. Um, so I think that's something that the Bills will obviously need to work for. I think I'm also concerned. I'm concerned. I'm concerned for your jet lag. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm actually still a little bit jet like. Um, I'm concerned about Nzeki not being there and us playing Von Miller. That's not a good recipe for success either, but I still think the Bills will get it done because I the Broncos are still going to be trotting up Brandon Allen, I believe, at quarterback, um, who is mm-hmm. in, I think, his third NFL game this week. So I think that's enough to get things done. So I'll say the Bills' defense uh, kind of delivers this win um, and, and gets us – Gets us into the next week, uh, a short week against Dallas in one piece, and we'll say uh, Bills 17, uh, Broncos 13. Oh, you, okay, well, uh, first, first, you, you I can have the same score as Scott. I that's literally typed my score as Bills 17, Broncos 13, so I'm going to have to stay with it. Uh, so, you guys, we got to know I'm telling you the Bills are going to win, so you can do whatever you want to Sunday afternoon. Um, though I do got to credit Frank, who actually was closer on the Dolphins pick last week than I was in picking the Bills victory. Um, yeah, pretty much all that Scott's. I think the the, def- <laughs> the score is the same. I am picking the same score as Scott. I think the, 
the the Broncos defense is going to give the Bills some fits, not some FITZ fitzes, but some FITSs. Uh, and I think it's, it's <laughs> a struggle for Josh, uh, but I think Brandon Allen's going to struggle even more against a very, what could be a dominating Bills defensive uh, performance this weekend. And, and like Scott said, I think one of the X factors is the Bills are at home for this game for a team that, despite being four games better than in the standings, they're probably much more on equal footing, as you guessed, by the three and a half point spread. So again, I'll say uh, I'll hope to go to 11 and 0, and I hope the Bills will go eight and three, uh, 17 to 13. Whether the Bills go eight and three or not, which we certainly hope for, um, you are welcome to get a hold of us. BBillsMNY on Twitter, BBillsMNY at gmail.com, Buffalo Bills, maybe next year in the Google, Facebook.com forward slash BBillsMNY. We are available in all the ways. We are happy to hear from you. We are excited. Really, look, really, uh, next week, if they look, if they win next week, guys, we got to we gotta pick up the ex- now, excitement level. But obviously this week we're, uh, you know, we started late. We're all a little tired. But, you know, we're talking about a, an eight-win Bills team if they win, which means, you know, a non-losing season for the second time in three years um, and a and a damn near certain um, – well, not certain. It would let's still let's be. say darn near likely. Darn near, yeah, not <laughs> darn near likely might be the name of the podcast this week. Um, but they'll, they'll definitely be, uh, you know, in that – they won't be in the hunt – They'll be at the top of the of the list, and the so hunt, it, it, the hunter will become the hunted, if you will. Right, the hunter. They, they will be craven, the hunter, the hunty. Um, but it will be good. It will be good, and and we need to pick up the excitement level around here, if that's the case. Uh, and I hope our listeners do as well. We hope you have a really nice week. Uh, we will be back. Uh, I'm assuming next week. We haven't talked about it, but we're gonna yeah. have to. Um, I drive. I'm on the road on Tuesday, so. There's a good chance it'll have to be Monday next week. Sorry, guys, uh, but we'll figure it out. My name is, uh, until next week, uh, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.